0: what is up everybody welcome to season nine of the dfs mvp i'm your host tj hernandez the director of dfs at 444.com. back with my co-host mr john daigle but if you're watching on the stream you'll see a third face he's the founder of legendary upside he's a co-host of ship chasing with peter Overzet and ben Gretsch. he's formerly of nbc sports He's the winner of Best Ball Mania Three, and he is the third member of DFS MVP this year. It is Mister Pat Corrine. Corrine, what's up, buddy?
1: Not much, man. I'm excited to be on here. Uh, excited to be podding with Daigle again. It's been a while. Uh, he didn't. He didn't threaten to fight me on this pod, which is always nice. Uh, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for for this show. This will be a lot of fun this season.
2: We've yeah, we've dude. Come it's full circle from a trio of fight pods now being forced to be friends actually when they came to me like tj and Luis, and asked me just like okay what are we doing for this year what is what are some big plans for dfs where we can continue upgrading what we give everyone um yes coraine was one of my first pitches uh never talked to coraine was also an option but coraine every week also a very good option so we have that down really TJ- nothing with you huh <laughs> yeah 100 percent and then we also have Some other teases. We have some other things that are coming out that I think everyone will be very excited about for the season.
0: Yeah, we got a big one coming for uh, DFS. Uh, Before we get into it, I mean, anyone that's been listening to DFS MVP uh, for the past couple years knows uh, myself and Daigle quite well. Uh, if you don't know Crane, I, I don't know what you've been doing in the industry. He he got his fame uh, through Best Ball Mania last year by shipping that, but he's been in the industry for quite some time. Been doing a, a lot of work in all realms of fantasy. So Crane, just tell the listeners uh, that are new a little bit about your history in fantasy uh, and specifically in DFS.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I've been kind of obsessed with fantasy and taking it very seriously since like twenty. 14 kind of got in through dynasty um, primarily. And then I started taking DFS a lot more seriously a few years ago, mostly kind of um, smaller field, um, single entry, three max type of tournaments, uh, mostly on draft games. Um, and I've had, I've, I've hit like a small, a couple of small tournaments over there, um, one in 2020, one in 2021. And so I'm generally like doing more of like the hand building type of, um, you know, kind of more highly correlated, um, single entry type lineups. That's, that's like what I feel like my, my edge is in and what I enjoy doing the most. Um, and so, yeah, I also, for the last couple of years have written a weekly preview article, um, for NBC and I'll be doing that for legendary upside, uh, called the walkthrough. And it's like, a kind of game by game preview. It's not like a DFS column exactly, It's because I don't get into like pricing and and that type of thing. It's more just like I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen this weekend. So I end up, um, I think, kind of uncovering some stuff that can be really, really useful for DFS. And often is stuff that might not be kind of in the ether because it's like I'm just going diving into the stats and coming up with like what I think. And it won't always be what everyone else is thinking, which can be good. It can be bad. But hopefully, you know, when it's good, it's really good.
2: It's going to be great because, again, this show will feature all of us every single Friday ahead of each weekly slate. And so I will be taking on a tournament article which discusses overview football and good situations we're targeting, but also pricing as a DFS column for all the 4-4 subs. TJ, you'll be handling all the, the cash game articles and the best way to attack with values there and then pat you'll have your article the walkthrough on legendary upside and then we all come together after those are written on friday afternoons and discuss it all in one big fail swoop for everyone listening so i think it's a good combination giving what pat plays what i play and then tg as a multi-entry person yourself i think we should have all our bases covered honestly
0: yeah, it's going to be a really good compliment both uh, on the podcast and in between Legendary Upside and DFS MVP. Uh, Pat will have this, I believe, on on his side as well. Uh, Pat, outside of, of DFS MVP and DFS in general, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Legendary Upside. You guys just launched a couple months ago. What else do you have going on over there uh, for football season?
1: Yeah, I mean, if uh, you know, you're listening to this, there's still some best ball drafts to do. So there's lots of best ball content um, over there, best ball rankings. Um, and then I've got completely for free my uh, article on the legendary running back scenarios where I look at, it's kind of a managed league uh, type of article primarily, but I think it's very helpful for all formats, but looking at the running backs going in the first two rounds and trying to figure out what would need to happen for them to hit that like massive kind of earth shattering type of like truly league winning type of season. um, Went through all of those. And again, that article's uh, free and I have another article coming out um, tomorrow morning that looks at some of those exact types of scenarios, but going a little bit deeper, going through the top 15 running backs um, by ADP and, and seeing if there's a little bit more upside in the dead zone this year than usual, because I think there is.
0: Yeah. And you guys still got some high stakes drafting going on in Vegas next week. So before we, uh, we get into week one, um, if you are playing redraft or best ball still, uh, we got some cramming to do and Daigle and, and crane are going to uh, make sure you guys are, are ready to cram drafts in um as always if you've been listening to dfs mvp like diggle mentioned uh it it will still be bringing you the same uh you know top values every single week on the podcast but the idea of bringing crane on this year was that we're just going to be giving you guys a much more comprehensive overview every single friday still a little bit early in the week uh but to uh that just like we did last year daigle and i will be in discord every sunday morning so make sure you are subscribed to Four 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 to get access to that uh Discord. And another content note is this year we will be pushing all written content on 44 for 4 to Saturdays as opposed to Fridays. So it's a day later, but the idea is that we're just going to get you guys the most accurate content possible. Um, and doing that on Saturday is going to help with that a lot. If you haven't signed up for the 444 4 subscription yet and you're watching on YouTube, that promo code YouTube at check at 444.com slash plans. That'll get you 25% off the 444 subscription. And uh, if you are new to DFS MVP or you're new to the 444 subscription, I really encourage you guys to go to the DFS site and check out the Strategy Hub. There's an endless library of evergreen content that'll get you caught up. Um, I think it's really important that you guys jump in there. The idea today was to introduce corinne to everybody and to also just kind of get a general idea of how each of us play dfs uh, to get you guys warmed up for next week so corinne you kind of touched on it briefly you said you typically like to play these three max single entry contests tell us a little more about um contest selection what sites you're playing on if you're even playing on multiple sites um the size of the tournament you're playing and kind of why you lean towards those games
1: yeah, the generally I've done mostly DraftKings and um, I like, you know, I kind of like the the full PPR. Um, I think you can kind of correlate a little bit more, you know, because there's like different ways for guys to get there as opposed to, you know, just needing to make sure you get the touchdowns, um, kind of get there with receiving volume a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I tend to like uh, anywhere from about like 200 to... I mean I will play like the spy, which gets up to, you know, almost five thousand. But that's I kind of feel like that's like my Millie Maker or something. Like I'm kind yeah, of sure. you know, yeah. getting a little getting a little weird with some stuff sometimes. I, I think the sweet spot for me is like, you know, in the three hundred to five hundred uh, type of entrance range. But you know, that the reason for that being I, I wanna be able to do, you know, a little bit more like, you know, double stack bring back But also, you know, like mini correlations, throwing in a couple like wide receivers um, from two different teams, that type of thing. Um, And I think those lineups, where I'm just trying to get a a few things right, tend to work better in, in smaller fields.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's important for new players to understand because one thing that I think the average DFS player does, especially new ones, they log into DraftKings, they log into FanDuel, they see the featured contests with tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of entries and i mean it really is a lottery right there is some skill advantage but you're basically needing to hit like a, a nine team parlay uh to, to win these tournaments and you need a 99.9 percentile outcome to 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 even have a good cash whereas in the contest karen talking about um and i kind of like I don't have like a, a hard like math uh, concept on this, but kind of just intuitively like 500 or, or less for me is where like that 90 to, you know, 91st percentile outcome can still take down that tournament. Um Daigle, what what contests and sites uh, have you been leaning towards these last couple of years?
2: It is some of the more mid and high stakes, larger fields as Corrine was mentioning is what I personally prefer. Um, I love single entries like the double spy. I love three maxes and like FanDuel. I know not a lot of people may be playing these, but man, those, those 500 to $750, 20, 25 man tournaments. They're awesome. Cause all they are, are just two V2s and pivots off your cash game lineup. So you'll find me in like the very, very small field streets and fail because I love those tournaments so much. But for DraftKings, I still, like last year on every show, I still talk about the slant, um, the play action, which is the $3.20 max, because the rake and payout for those are really good for small stakes tournaments. So I do play in those. Now, that goes back to understanding what your goals are, because like I, I think you should. If your goal is to just have fun, you should play in those every week. I play in those. But also, again, I go back to Draft Star and Draft Street. I go back over a decade of DFS, and I've never taken down the play action in my life. So maybe I just keep telling myself it's a great play, payout, and I just keep paying it and paying the rake. But if your goal is to have fun and those kind of stakes, play the slant, play that $9 tournament every single week, because at least the payouts there, even if you're like top 100. So I I mix it up a lot. And I'll talk about everything as I did last year on the show. But I'll definitely get us honed down for single entry since that's more of my forte.
0: Yeah, these days I'm still dabbling in cash just because I am too much of a nit just to have a uh, complete zero returns on a week. So I I still got my my toes in those cash game waters. It is exclusively on DraftKings now for some of the reasons that um crane mentioned that that full PPR just makes it a, a little less reliant on um, touchdowns. But for that reason, I, I still do like playing the other sites. I, I still play FanDuel. I still play Yahoo. Um, just because you're getting different values, you're getting access to different players that you're just not. Going to get um, access to uh, ownership percentages on, especially on Yahoo, can just get so out of whack. Um, same thing with values. So I still like throwing bullets at at uh, FanDuel and Yahoo. Um, Yahoo, I mean, you're, you're kind of stuck to these like larger field tournaments. They don't have too much uh, of a small field selection. But like Daigle mentioned, I think it's really important. Uh, again, uh, especially for newer players or, or players that just aren't trying to uh, do this for for a living or, or not relying on the money. Not just like t- even feature tournaments, but these leagues, whether it be a twenty-five man league on DraftKings, they have a lot of hundred man leagues, winner take all hundred man leagues. Uh, you could take a lot of these tournament concepts and do really, really well in those. So I'm still mixing it up quite a bit, and I'm just always going to throw a couple lineups and large field stuff because I'm a fish. And um, I, you know, it,
2: <laughs> I opened my but, Yahoo. I opened my Yahoo account since we're in redraft season. Um, and I saw I had $30 in my balance and I was like, I don't even remember when I did that. I am convinced you told me to play some kind of free roll or something that, uh, that somehow had overlay last year. And I just ended up with money somehow because you were yelling about Yahoo all off season.
0: Unfortunately, my biggest cash over the last two years is at Yahoo. So it's just that you, you hit that one good golf, you hit that one good golf shot and it just keeps you coming back. Right.
1: (laughs) I played a little on Yahoo a couple of years ago. There's a, there was like a really small field tournament. Um I was like 40 40 entrants or something I was dabbling with over there. One thing I'd say um is on DraftKings there's typically like some really small stuff that gets released like right before kickoff that I've messed around with where you know you can you can go like they might not have you know a $100 you know 100 person field type tournament but they until like the whole week but then they they might release it you know an hour before kickoff after other stuff fills so I've I've messed around with stuff like that especially I think for newer players it's kind of nice just to dabble with some like really small field stuff because you're gonna get like more feedback it's sometimes hard like when I was starting out it was like hard for me to get feedback in like the big stuff like am I even playing well you know, I think you're going to get a better feel for that if, if you at least are dabbling in some small field stuff.
2: Like when the Millie Maker winner last year took it down with Teddy Bridgewater, who was still the backup to Miami at the time, and a double stack. Like, what are you <laughs> learning? What are you learning from that winning lineup besides all yeah. the wrong things?
1: <laughs> he learned quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he learned. He learned that his process is correct. <laughs> yeah. Um. That, that actually takes me right into the next question. And, and Pat, you talked about um looking at those games like right before uh the slate locks in. that i mean chasing overlay like i I guess that's always kind of important but it's it's pretty hard i mean that's actually one of the reasons i like yahoo's because you can find some overlay but um what what do you find in those like those contests that like let's say the slant for example so if it fills and i don't even know if they do this for the slant but i'm just using it as an example um if a contest fills 30 minutes before uh before lock sometimes they'll just release a brand new contest it'll be way smaller um sometimes a lot better structure and i think a lot of times just a lot of the the sharps the people that have uh you know allocated all their money like they're done setting their lives they're done entering games so i think you could get some Pretty soft fields in that, especially in week one, when like in theory the most dead money is on the site. Um, is that kind of what you found when you sign up for those like last second, um, last second contests?
1: Yeah, generally the payout structures are like flatter, and yeah, yeah. So You're not like you're not going to get like a ton of upside by entering those those types of contests. But yeah, I mean, I think they like. we you just think like who's like what's likely to be in here, it's probably like I should throw my cash line up in something or. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, really a, have room for yeah. this lineup so I'm going to find something to throw it in but it's not my favorite but I don't want it to go to waste you know it's like stuff like that probably I mean just logically so for I've sure. I've done okay just like you know like it's kind of like been the type of stuff that's been week savers you know or it's just like I didn't fully eat it this week cuz I I threw in that <laughs> yeah, really yeah. I threw in that like herbert triple stack in a in a hundred field and it, and it came out okay
0: Yeah. Dago, are you doing anything similar? Like one thing that, that we talked about a a bit last year is like getting off of the main slate, playing early only or late only slate. Um, Are you dabbling in those at all or, or, or playing like any, any funky slate for that matter? Thursday to Monday, Sunday to Monday, all day, Sunday, anything like that?
2: No, but I support doing that. Um, I know you do a little bit of that and it's literally, I do a lot of of that. Yeah, it's only because of my obligations. Like, I'm literally taking notes during the first slate of games since we have the recap show on the most accurate podcast the moment the games end. So, no, I just can't do anything else. I have to focus solely on the main slate because then I get right into late swapping for the afternoon, and that's as far as my attention goes.
0: Yeah. Late only is tough for all the reasons you mentioned. If you're playing main slate, um, one thing we talk about here ad nauseum is still probably the biggest edge in DFS is implementing late swap. So a lot of time leading up to that, um, those afternoon slate, I, I'm playing a lot of late swap. And then also afternoon only can range anywhere from three games to six games, so like a three game slate. I'm not excited about six game play slate plays more like a full slate, but I am prone to play a lot of early only slate one, you're just not getting like accurate ownership projections. If any ownership projections at all for it, like the popular guys are still going to be popular, but you're just going to get just some, some ownership things that aren't accounted for. And, back to the, the point Coraine made in entering those last minute um, contests to get posted. If you're playing these different slates, you're just going to get access to guys that you're not going to get in your main slate, especially if you are playing a lot of single entry or three max, your player pool is only so big, right? And if you you take out that um, that second half of the slate, you're just going to get some lineups that, that you aren't going to have exposure to. Again, maybe not have that complete dud of a week. And, and I think it just makes it more fun. It just gives you some different action, different thought exercises so i I do think it is important um if you have the time if you have the bankroll play some different slates
2: do you think based on the way things went last year let's say someone is is optimizing or allocating fifty dollars to it uh and they're playing half in cash games do you think 25 head-to-heads or 25 dollar 50 50 payout is better more memories are made when you're there for live nfl action and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best views of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors find tickets today
0: at ticketmaster.com/nfl my kind of loose rule of, of thumb is if you you want to be playing at your bankroll level for cash games about 30 head to heads at a buy-in level just because that's going to kind of get you your um like your your real return on your number of head to heads right if you if you have a 75th percentile uh lineup you should win about seventy-five percent of your head-to-heads once you hit thirty. That's just like the mathematical variance. If you're playing under than that, under that, um, probably just just stick to 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 fifty-fifties or doubles. Because if you can only afford to play, say, five head-to-heads, even if you have a seventy-fifth percentile lineup, you have a chance that you just go zero for five because you're in a five better lineup. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, asking so, for
2: your... uh, both myself and our friends. Yeah,
0: no, for sure.
1: When you're doing early only. I think like one of the advantages is there's not accurate ownership projections, but that's actually been one of the reasons I haven't really done it. Cause I'm like, I, I use the ownership. I should mention like, I, I don't always go super contrarian with stuff, but I like, I like to know, you know, what contrarian is and how much, how much chalk I'm eating. And, um, if I don't know that it makes me, I just have a harder time thinking that I have an edge, but everyone else is kind of in the same boat. So how do you handle that part of it?
0: Um, anecdotally, what I've noticed is that the guys that we think are going to be chalk um, on that slate get super inflated. Uh, So I I kind of like fading them more. And another thing that I like doing on these slates is going after some of my super contrarian stacks, because sometimes it just doesn't ever make sense to get to those. If you have, you know, four or five games that um, are just projecting so well a lot of times it's just going to make sense to stay within those games for your stacks and, and get contrarian elsewhere. We're on these shorter slates. Say, um, I don't know if I, I, I might be wrong on week one, but say only Lamar is the the guy with a big number um, on that slate. It makes it way easier for me to get uh, away from Lamar because you only need him to miss. So let lets me get on some of those contrarian stacks that I might not go for on a full slate.
2: Oh, we get not to get into week one talk till next week, but (laughs) we got we got Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen apparently pulling plays from the high school playbooks. Like we're looking at a 15 carry quarterback in week one, outside of all right. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. Actually,
1: I need to do more early stuff. That's that sounds like kind of
0: goes the way I like to
2: play anyway. I've been getting it in for everyone already. We have so many questionables already on the week one slate. So I've been writing everything down.
0: Um, I just want to talk touch on some like loose bankroll ideas we don't have to get super um specific here but pat you kind of touched on you like to play uh single entry and three backs early in the dfs days a lot of people were using like 80 20 rule 80 percent cash 20 gpps um a, a lot of it carried over from poker i do think it is a fair criticism of uh novice players that it feels like cash games are dead. I don't agree with that. I do think it takes a lot of work. I do think people are still putting in, oh, I I think people are still putting in some very egregious lineups, um, especially on DraftKings where you're not just blindly jamming a running back into the flex like you are on FanDuel. Um, But what are your kind of thoughts on how you manage your bank role again not just necessarily from like a, a hard numbers perspective but like just maybe even just like the psychology of G- being a gpp only player which i think is a lot more viable these days you just maybe have to have a lot less money in play um, than you might have if you are a cash game player
1: yeah i mean i think yeah i don't play cash i just have never really enjoyed playing cash i used to play it a little bit and then it's kind of like as part of taking DFS more seriously, I was just like, I'm not playing cash because it just it wasn't it wasn't working very well, and I just didn't enjoy it. And I want to focus on you know what I'm actually enjoying. It's kind of just what I want to do in general. It's like as long as I'm like really enjoying something, I feel like I'll get better at it. And um, yeah, just then kind of specifically focusing on certain types of GPPs as well to try to dial in, uh, dial that in. I generally try to play like roughly the same amount. Each week, although I'll kind of dial it up and down some, and it's like sort of reflects like how many how many spots I feel really good about, or you know, if there's certain angles that I feel like I have an edge on in that particular well, week. Um, well, you I don't adjust go crazy, that, but
0: yeah, well, will you adjust that kind of based on like your read of the week? Like, if we have some crazy, like I, I've always kind of said, like. If salaries are crazy loose, like you probably are, are more likely to play just like a heavier GPP mix or maybe more GPPs, just because you are. It does kind of turn into a, a pick pick'em when salaries are that loose. Um, and this is like assuming you're playing like some kind of cash GPP mix. Um, or is it like if there's a if there's an edge in like the games that are offered? What might you see in a week that that might make you say I'm playing a little more this week than than I I might a traditional week?
1: There was a couple spots like where I last year where I was really. I had a different feel for, you know, what a team might do. Like, I was a couple times I thought the Eagles might really pass a lot, and they, they did end up passing a lot. The first time it didn't matter. Like, Adrian Brown went off and it still didn't matter because he was, like, expensive and uh, he wasn't really a part of the winning lineups. But things where I'm like, the, the field really feels like these are the games to target, and I feel like there's actually some other games that are really good to target. Well, oh, that's be week one, that- buddy.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's all in week one, yeah.
2: Week one's hot.
1: It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was generally... You're
0: saying you're not going to like the commander's chalk? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't think it's
1: like
2: commander's chalk. Yeah. I think think Raven's chalk as well will be pretty heavy. But uh, again, this is not a week one show. Lots of thoughts already, though.
0: Dago, kind of along the same thought process, um, you sports bet, you play best ball, you play high-stakes season long and you play dfs um obviously most casual players aren't playing as much volume as you across all all offerings um and a lot of players are just like i got 10 to 100 bucks to throw at dfs that's what i'm throwing at it not thinking about it that much but for those people that are like kind of trying to have some kind of discipline they're playing all these different things how are you managing? so many different bank roles and like where specifically does dfs fit into the uh spectrum of your your investments across the the whole year especially like like with our all of our best ball money in season long like we get so much money tied up for you know eight months at a time um how, how are you kind of managing those and
2: season long i still think is softer not that it doesn't require just as much work But season-long, there's still a lot more ways and lots more outs where anything can happen in one slate in DFS, and that's kind of what you have to prepare for. I think everyone that joined in last year, which was my first year as well, uh, eventually started – like, we all got used to each other along the way. um, Since I would have some – ugly recommendations because I just pl- I play different. Like I'm, pl- I'm trying to play top 1% lineups and I know they're not pretty, but I think all of us in the discord eventually got comfortable saying be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's kind of our slogan because that's how we're trying to win. Uh, we're doing it intelligently, but that's just how I play. And so what I try to do is take all that information and just give it to, ev- like parse it and then give it to everyone. Uh, like Pat said, just doing what you have passion for. I am – Fortunate, not fortunate, however you want to phrase it, to have passion in everything across football. Producer <laughs> yeah, yeah. South, producer I, South I would South, say South, unfortunate. South. Yeah. <laughs> When producer Sal tries to box me out for a March podcast because it's about the draft, I'm like, no, like this is all about fantasy football. It just has to be parsed correctly. I genuinely have passion for it all, and so I hope I bring that to the Discord to everyone every single week. The fact that I'm aware of all the lines, all the prop bets, all the season-long bets, all the professional bettors who are moving totals, um, I think we, we we are a thumb on all of that. So that's why I get excited, and I just... I do understand the volatility. So getting back to the question and about my bankroll with DFS, I understand it's volatile, much more volatile even than sports betting. So I would actually just be wary. And especially as a turnip player like myself, I am being more gentle and I'm being softer. As they say in stocks, um, sell until you sleep. Like if you're actually going to bed worrying about it, don't don't be that person. Don't get there. Just sell until you sleep.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's really like, we we just playing within your means and understand what your goals are. Um, and we do have, huge content on that at 4 I'm gonna stretch you a little bit thinner, Daigle, outside of all of that stuff that that we talked about. um, And this does still fall under the DFS umbrella, depending on what state you're in. Um, Are you playing any of these other alternate uh, DFS games or sites underdog and and, and best um, and and prize picks have Pick'em, which is basically parlays, but you have things like uh, fantasy um, points offerings on those sites. Also like underdog weekly snake drafts. I actually think there's probably an edge in those. I just haven't dug I think into there's them. An edge in
1: those too. I want to yeah. do that more this well, year. So
0: both, both of you guys, what, what alternate games are you interested in? Or do you think we should be dabbling in?
2: I can't confirm it just yet, but it looked like underdog teased some kind of live final. Whenever they tweeted the, the picture of Miami and hinted that something big is coming. It seems like a battle Royal live finals coming. And if that's the case, I'm in. I'm very interested in that kind of format. Um, also on top of that, I will, like we've already mentioned, we have the sleeper promo, promo code four for four, and literally a $10 deposit on sleeper. And then you get everything. You, you just get everything for that price. Um, I will be having sleeper pick slips because I don't, let, I not only tell Connor Allen and Ryan Noonan with their props, but I have my own props as well, especially in primetime games that I look out for. So yeah, I like playing those and betting those props as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pat, what were you going to say um snake drafts and just like any are you playing any type of pick games like smaller DFS sites any any just like random DFS games you think there might be a little bit of an edge in?
1: I haven't done um too much of the, of the pickum. I think I'll be doing a bit more of that this year probably on underdog. Um I need to kind of dig into it a bit more though. And then but I I mean I was very intrigued by some of the snake draft stuff uh yeah, last me too. year. It just seems like, you know, the prices change like pretty significantly over the course of the week. There were spots. I remember Joe Mixon last year was like just in an awesome spot. And he was going in the sixth or seventh round of these drafts. I was just like what is going on? So I think there's I don't know. Maybe there's just not as much content around those right now. But um, that's definitely something I want to attack, I think, especially early in the week. Like if I am diving into stuff and I'm like, oh, I think maybe this is like a, a sneaky you know, sneaky good spot for this running back or, or this passing game, just jump in drafts, like kind of right then before prices change.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to be interested in those snake drafts too. For those that that aren't familiar with what we're talking about, underdog has exactly what it sounds like. It's a it's a DFS contest, it's a snake draft. Um somehow they get ADP up there, you know, once the week starts and people are still basically drafting off ADP and if you think about uh how you build a DFS lineup on say DraftKings, you're going uh, you know, you're going 100, 200 players deep every week trying to decide what the best lineup is in these snake drafts i mean people are going 40 players deep and if they're not in the top 40 in adp they're not getting used um and you can't like necessarily four stacks like you could in a dfs lineup where you have access to any anybody so i think there's some lineup construction and, and just basic like player selection edges that um aren't realized yet and i just don't think a lot of people are going to put a lot of resources or thought into so i, I am pretty interested in those games this year uh all right uh, before we get out of here, Pat, just like any final DFS thoughts getting ready for week one, uh, anything you would tell a new DFS player, anything at all that, that you want to leave the listeners with?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for, for kind of to get back into the weekly mindset. Um, I do a lot of stuff on kind of like uh, trying to predict game flow, uh, matchups, pace, that, that kind of thing. I think you'll, you'll kind of hear a fair amount of that. I guess trying to get fewer things right is something that I focus a lot on for newer players. Like, you know, getting like, you know, that one stack in your lineup, adding on the tight ends, you know, taking the, like maybe going to a slightly smaller field where you can add the tight end as a, as a third guy, just so that you're not like, you know, finishing 55th in a top heavy big tournament. Right. Like I finished, I think it was like, something like 55th in the red zone. And it's like it doesn't pay out anything. You know? yeah, if yeah, you can right. if you can just You're like three
0: extra money even field. though everything's green. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, just- that's what that's what Dagel was talking about with being uncomfortable. Like, especially again, if if we are going to be playing a, a lot of tournaments or or exclusively tournaments, we are looking to win the tournament. And that's like your season, right? Your season is probably a lot of losing weeks, a couple break even weeks. And like that one big spike week, like that's what we're looking for. Maybe hopefully two, maybe three, if you're really lucky. Um, But that's what we're playing for. We're not playing for 55th in in the end zone or or the red zone. Um, We're playing for first Uh, Daigle. Any last thoughts before we uh, officially kick it off to week one?
2: Samson mentions the 222 on FanDuel. That's another one of my favorites. Uh, I won that just two years ago, the Tyler Huntley week 15 against the Packers. Um, whenever, whenever he had the high ceiling and then you just ran it back with Alan Lazard because everyone else chose... Was Devonte Devontae Adams? I can't remember now. Anyways, though. Um, yeah, get some rest because the grind starts on Monday. How about that? Uh, the, <laughs> the, the football gods gave us the sun this weekend, so everybody go outside and don't worry about it. And then come back on Monday, because the work begins.
0: Says, says the guy's going to Vegas to do a bunch of drafts. Uh,
2: and says the guy, I, I have to, waiver Wire week one comes out Tuesday morning too. So like, I'm just going to go to the brewery right now, pass out early, and then start tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that's the move. Some people in chat asking about smaller contests. I mean, just get out of the, the featured um, lobby on any site you're playing on. Go to the leagues. You'll find some smaller um, contests. Um, my my big thought for this year is, especially with this trio we got um, going on, is just really trying to get away from the group speak. Uh, we have really good processes at 4 for 4 We have really good processes with us three. Um, again, not just being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian, but after all of the research and and understanding what our reads are kind of sticking to those reads and not letting outside influences um uh influence those things and i think that is a way to be contrarian you know if you have a read and it goes against uh the public that's probably a really good thing and and like pat said those are the kind of those weeks where um we we want to trust those and and go heavy so that's going to be my big focus this year is, is focusing on the process we have at hand here and hoping that leads to some riches Um, but again, just wanting to introduce Mr. Corrine to the DFS MVP, um, universe, uh, I'll Hopefully, introducing myself and Diego to the legendary Upside Universe will be equally beneficial. Uh, if you are listening to this on audio, please go to whatever podcast network you're listening on. Give us a five-star rating or review. It helps out a ton. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. That also helps a ton. Sign up for the four, for 4 subscription with promo code youtube that'll get you 25% off the DFS plan and go to the description for um other discounts on subs to access legendary upside uh, website and podcast and for our discord and pat remind everybody one more time everything going on at legendary upside right now
1: yeah legendaryupside.com um right now if you sign up uh for a yearly subscription which is $99 you can get a $50 credit for underdog and that's not for new subscribers to or new signups for underdog. If you're like already drafting on an underdog and you're trying to fill those final two BBMs, you can get that uh, $50 credit there. Um, you got to fill out a form on the, the homepage of legendary upside to get that credit, but um, yeah, best ball rankings. And like I mentioned, another article coming out on the legendary scenarios for guys like Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Mixon, looking what would have to happen for them to absolutely smash this season which i think is just such an important thing when you're when you're taking on the risk of running backs in those you know still pretty early rounds right round three round four you still want to be swinging for the fences there so that'll be the next article coming out and then i'm gonna have the walkthrough coming out every week this year so um you can dive in there and you know we won't be able to get to everything on this show although it'll be informing a lot of my takes on the show but there's going to be a lot of really in-depth information on each of these games, uh, over the course of the season.
0: Yeah. The second that legendary upside newsletter dropped, I was subscribed because I'm trying to join Corrine atop that BBM mountain. Hopefully, uh, you know, one of us will, will be back up there. Uh, as we mentioned, every week DFS MVP podcast will be on Fridays. Week one will be a little funky because uh, these guys are in lit, are going to be in Vegas. Um, you know, just crushing souls out there. So we'll keep you guys updated on week one happenings. But after that, every Friday we will be right here. Every Sunday, Daigle and I will be in the four 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 Discord. Make sure you're following us all on X slash Twitter. Uh, to keep up with everything we've got going on. Corain is at Pat Corain. Legendary Upside is at Legendary Upside. Daigle at not Jay Daigle. 4 for 4 Football is at 4 for 4 Football. I'm at TJ Hernandez. I'll talk to you guys next week.